you have the American dream. You run your own business. But running a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Kyle Brown, Bakersfield Business Networking Group. I enjoy listening to the podcast because there's so much information provided by business owners. These aren't just people that are going, I'm a coach. I learned in school what to do, and here's my advice to you. These are people who've been on the ground and have done it themselves and proved that it works. And so you're listening to them and their experience in the business world and what mistakes they've made and what successes they've had. And that's the thing I look for. So it's great. I listen to it all the time. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business vision year, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why after several thousand downloads in just over a year, small business owners, CEOs, CFOs, partners, and general managers download the Small Business Celebration podcast in record numbers on a weekly basis basis. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest today is Catherine Hall of the Catherine Hall Agency, and we're recording our episode today at Your Office Solution at 430 18th Street here in Bakersfield at 661-695-6916. Welcome to the Small Business Celebration, Catherine. Well, thank you for having me as your guest. What is it that you do? Well, I would say I'm an insurance agent, Mm -hmm. but we're not typical. We are an insurance agency. We do personal and commercial line insurance. Mm Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, we do retirement planning products, tax-free products, and we also do financial advice with regards to eliminating debt. Why did you get into this? Oh, this was something I fell in love with back in the 80s. Mm. I've always, I wanted to be a doctor Mm -hmm. and I liked the idea of getting things discovered and at the same time getting them repaired. Mm. And so when I got into the financial, the opportunity to come to work for Merrill Lynch back in 84, it was not on my horizon. I never Mm. thought I would ever be a stockbroker, but opportunity knocked. It was a very strange opportunity, kind of a time when women were needed in the industry. Mm. I happened to be one of those. (laughs) And uh, I was at a big luncheon for an organization called the National Association of Professional Saleswomen. In fact, right here at the Four Points Hotel. Mm-hmm. I was one of the original board directors on that. So this was my second year as membership director. And we had a lady that had joined, and she worked for Merrill Lynch. And she walked in and made an announcement with in front of 150 women and say, if you've ever wanted to even consider being a stockbroker, you need to apply now. Mm-hmm. Merrill Lynch is going to hire. They just lost a major class action suit. Mm. Well, like I said, I wasn't thinking about that. I was blessed in the eighth grade to actually get to play with the stock market Mm -hmm. as part of my math project. So I was certainly bit by the bug and really always aspired to be successful and have investments, unlike the way I had been brought up. But I followed her out of the room, Mm -hmm. got the information, called and made an appointment. And 
Next thing I knew, I was going through all the testing and I was given the opportunity. And you were able to take this experience and you were able to take this, the success that you earned in doing this and you started your own business. Mm -hmm. And what was the business and why did you start it? When I left Merrill Lynch, I actually started a company that was a franchise of Raymond James, Robert Thomas. Mm -hmm. I think everybody knows who Raymond James is. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers play in a stadium <laughs> that's named after Raymond James. So it was like a Edward Jones, actually. Mm -hmm. I did that for a long time, about 10 years. But as life would be unplanned, I married and had two more children. So I had five. And then my husband was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm. So that kind of stopped everything. I ended up leaving that business and doing what I needed to do for about 10, 12 years. Mm -hmm. Now we come full circle and about six, seven years ago, I had the opportunity to get back into some form of the same business. But I thought, no, I don't want to be at every dinner party. Right. I don't want to be that person that gets called at five in the morning. My stock just bombed overnight. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? I was past that. Mm. So I thought protection. Because in doing financial planning, I looked at protection mm. and I reviewed it and made sure that the assets that those people had were always protected. Mm. And so I think that's what made me decide to go that route. Commercial insurance, personal insurance. People don't like to buy it. They don't want to spend the money on it. Right. But I can tell you one thing for sure. Must have it if you want to keep what you have. Just for that 1% chance that something's going to happen. So that was the first step. Right. And then the second thing is... In knowing what I know about tax law and 401k, which by the way, back in the day, I sold like nobody's business. It was a brand new candy bar on the shelf. <laughs> Everybody wanted it. It made sense. And the employer made out like a bandit. Right. Okay. So it was a great game. I believed it. Mm -hmm. I bought into it. It gave me an opportunity to make investments for these employee programs. Mm. The problem now becomes, how do you get it out without paying taxes? Right. And in a tax-hungry market. Right. With political, right now, poising itself to take a bigger chunk of that money going forward. So now, there's a great opportunity to help people not be in that position, whether it's today or 10 years from now or 20 years from now. One of the things that intrigued me about interviewing you today is that in the course of your career, first at Merrill Lynch and then at Raymond James and then taking the time off, one of the things that you have been able to master is the art of connections. And it's one of those kinds of things that every business owner can't have enough connections. And there's a lot of business owners that want to learn, okay, I seem to be going to all these networking events. I seem to be going to, it seems like every country club in the world wants my membership. How do I go about creating or developing these relationships that stick around long-term and become beneficial to me and my business? Well, I think it's like friendships or marriage. You mm. pick one, start with one. One Don't... marriage or one friendship? Well, <laughs> one organization. <laughs> I believe I belong to one country club. I started out with one chamber that I thought might be the place to go, the networking. Spend a little time getting to really know those people, and then they then invite you to be part of other things. And mm -hmm. then from there, now you're over at this organization or that, and all of a sudden you've got your network working for you, not you having to work for it. 
for those of us that have learned all of our social skills out of a book, how do you work and develop those relationships? Because you start off with the one country club and you develop friendships. How do you develop and nurture those relationships so that they're willing to, after time, introduce you to other people that could help you in your business? Well, I think each individual has their own style. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be the person that's perfectly matched to every person in that organization. But there's generally going to be people that are a lot more like you. Mm -hmm. I've always believed in just like when I was dating, and that would be, let's get a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Let's have lunch. And then as you get to exchange ideas or thoughts, you discover whether or not that's a person that you want to hook your wagon up to. Mm. It's not just about getting to know those people. It's getting to be sure that that's a person that's going to maybe be going the same direction you are. And how do you discern that? Well, I think you have to know what you want. I think mm. you have to know where you want to be and how you want to be seen. For example, we just recently with another company, I have a partner and as you mentioned earlier, your office solution is one of our companies. Mm-hmm. And we decided that we'd join the chamber mm-hmm. with that organization. And one of the nice things that happened when they came to meet with us was that they offered us an opportunity to do it for a very nice program mm-hmm. and do the ribbon cutting in a very short term. And the words that came out of Kathy, who's in charge of membership there, was, no, Catherine, we're good with this. You've done a lot for us. And when she says that, it's because I've joined the ambassadors. Mm. We're kind of the worker bees, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't mind being a worker bee. Most of the organizations I've been in, I've always connected to the membership position. Mm. Actually going out and getting members, meeting them at the door when they come in and sign in and buy their ticket to come in. It's the best job in the world. You talk to everybody that comes through. You see their shirt with their name. Or you get their business card. Oh, I've been meaning to call you. What do you guys do? Is there anything? Do I need something? Can I buy something from you? I'm not buying it on the spot, but I'm thinking, how do I make that connection? Right. That's kind of the way that I've done it. And you want to have them appreciate you for being there as well. It sounds like you enjoy or practice the notion of give value first. Mm-hmm. First of all, what have you done to do that? You just mentioned a little bit, but in more detail, how do you give value first so that you get value later? Well, one of the things I did in the early years when I still didn't have a bunch of kids <laughs> was I did a lot of mentoring programs. Mm. When you are involved with mentoring, whether it be women that have been battered and have been served some time and finally get to be with their kids or that senior or junior in high school that's at risk to maybe not finish high school. Mm. Those of you that don't know me, I'm Hispanic. I grew up in a family where my first language was Spanish. Mm -hmm. And the values of the way I was raised were different than, quote unquote, the ways that I raised my children and people. Mm -hmm. I did this first, like, for example, with the Hispanic chamber. Mm. The at-risk child in that environment is the parent will allow that child to leave school to go work. Mm -hmm. And these children that I had a chance to mentor would have done that. Parents in that community didn't value the woman going to work, but rather being a homemaker. Mm. And I believe and have lived my life in a way that says I can do both. Mm. I think that's one of the things. Giving that value first by giving in that community. Mm -hmm. Second, 
when you're meeting with a client, really making them feel like I'm not selling them anything. Mm. I want to know how I can help them. So hopefully creating that value of concern, servicing them first, not looking at the dollar. That's never the motivation. You're there to solve a problem. Solve a problem. And then find the solution. Yes. I love problems and then finding solutions. When you started your business, you were going in and you were wide-eyed and going, oh my gosh, I can be a stockbroker and I can make all this money. I can have all this great and success. And, and you did enjoy that and you did get that. But as success comes... The price gets higher. How did that affect you? Well, I have to admit... I think I've mentioned I have children. I have five. The oldest is now 42. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that I convinced myself in the very early years, and these were the years when I was first at Merrill Lynch, that quality was better than quantity. Mm. So I felt like if I made enough money to have that person take care of them, and I was out there doing what I was supposed to be doing, they were getting the things they needed. They had a home. They had food. They had a caregiver. All of the above. But the price was much higher than I had ever expected. I think when I finally realized that most precious gift my maker has given me are the children. Mm. And I think I finally figured that out. And I think that's when I got dismayed with the industry to a certain degree, too. And that is what has led you to the products and services that you're in the business of now. Yes, 100%. And why is what you're doing now so radically different from what you did do? Well, if I can put it bluntly... And I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to do this, but I was dealing with people that their idol was their money, one. And two, the biggest problem they had was how do I get away with paying no taxes? Mm. Now, I don't think it's a bad thing to be able to figure that out. Mm -hmm. That's part of the game. But that was so important that you were nobody. You were just an instrument by which they got there. Mm. And when you did it right, you were on the top of their list. And when you did it wrong, they discarded you like nothing. In the work that I do today, it's not that way. Hmm. I really look at the person today, whether they're 20 years old, 30 year old, or even 60. We'll have clients that are already getting ready to retire or have retired. What we offer them is a chance to make just enough of a change in their life to possibly live out longer with more money. Hmm. Because the number one thing that I, I don't worry about taking it with me because nobody does and they can't either. But the biggest thing I saw even with my parents, outliving their money, mm. not being able to keep the things that were so important to them. My parents finally had to give up their home. And I know that devastated my father. And so I don't want to see that happen. I don't want my children to suffer that. I don't want my grandkids to suffer that. And everybody I meet, that's really my goal is to try to make that kind of difference. I have to tell you, I'm enough of a ham that I hope they remember me. <laughs> you know, their last words. Oh, Catherine, you were so good. Oh, just kidding. Right. <laughs> and what is it that you are doing right now that you're promoting? Well, the number one thing right now is we recognize debt is the number one issue that people are dealing with. They don't know that it's debt that they are going to get in trouble with necessarily because we live in a world of convincing you to go out and have it today. Mm. Instant gratification. Right. The mentality is that everybody's got to have credit and everybody has to buy on credit. Wonderful that we have that opportunity. And also that we're talked into believing that some debt is better than other debt. Right. I know that I agreed with this for many years. A mortgage. It was the only thing I ever told a client many years ago in my Merrill Lynch days was acceptable even when you were retired. 
because you'd have a write-off. When you start looking at debt the way that I now see it and can show clients, which is going to be a 180-degree turn in their mind, Mm -hmm. and it's very hard to steer people that direction, all of a sudden you realize debt works against you. Bankers make money. Now we need to teach you how you can be the one making the money and right. not giving it to the bank. Because let's face it, they get 18, 20, 15, even 6% or 3% on a home loan. And they're giving us 0.25, a CD for five years, maybe a point and a half, maybe two if you're lucky. That's a big spread. Right. Let's put it on our side. So that's what we're doing right now. United Financial Freedom mm-hmm. is a company that we've hooked up with or broker through. It's a polite word. And we are doing free consultations. We're doing free demonstrations. If the person is willing to give us the information we need, and again, they plug it in, we, they can see an actual working model of how this debt can be played off. Now, there's a lot of them that know the Ramsey methods and the Crown Ministry methods, and those are good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But it's hard to get people to sacrifice, and that's what a lot of those have to do. They have to make a, some major changes. Get rid of that 2018 or 20 car and go buy yourself a 2010 cash. I believe in that, right? but that's a sacrifice some people may not be willing to make. This program that we're talking about actually allows you to keep those things. If after you see the way it really costs you, you still want to keep it, then keep it. But this program really allows you to live the high lifestyle you are and make some tweaks in the way you think about credit. If Visioneer Nation wanted to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, they could call us at Catherine Hall Agency. The number is 661-316-0064. And or I have an email address, and that is ka.hallagency at gmail.com. Boy, that takes you back, doesn't it? With COVID-19 running amok, our businesses are dependent upon the internet now more than ever. And I'll bet you just found all the computer technical glitches you never knew you had. Good news for you. Kern County's number one rated computer repair service, Bakersfield Bytes, is here and online to take care of your Mac and PC needs. Need help configuring your video conference calls from being so glitchy? Having issues interfacing with your customers, clients, and employees online? Bakersfield Bytes' competent and knowledgeable staff is here to guide you through your hardware and software needs so you can have the interface your business deserves. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 or visit them at bakersfieldbytes.com. That's Bakersfield, B-Y-T-E-S.com, 661-496-5900 or visit them at bakersfieldbytes.com. That's Bakersfield, B-Y-T-E-S. We're here with Catherine Hall, the owner of the Catherine Hall Agency, and we're talking about the development of connections, we're talking about changing your debt, but we're also talking about the evolution of business. And one of the things that is in the forefront of many business owners is accomplishment. And over the last year, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? I actually wrote that down recently. Probably the hardest thing I have ever, ever done was to start another business, actually. Mm-hmm. And what business is that? It's your office solution, as a matter of fact. It's been there in the birth child, but it has really finally expanded. And we took on a remodel construction that ended up taking six months instead of three. Right. For Visioner Nation, because they've heard this a couple of times on a couple of previous episodes, what is 
your office solution? It is a virtual office or a short-term solution or a stepping stone to growing your business. Mm. So let's say you're a home-based business, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, whether you're doing commercials, photography, wedding planning, making cakes, so forth, right? You are going to start most of the time at home. Mm-hmm. And then you finally say, well, this is outgrowing the house. I'm kind of taking over and the kids are coming through and all that. And I can tell you from experience, you do not work at home. Well, you do. Then you end up doing homework. <laughs> but so you need to move it out of the home. And this is kind of that interim office. It's furnished full service. So we offer an opportunity to go month to month, six month or one year, kind of giving you that ability to spring forward to making the big commitment to maybe the three or five year lease and opening up your own doors. It makes you legitimate. It gives you a mailing address for business license. It gives you a presence in the community that somebody can say, oh, I can drive by and see. And there's still a lot of us that like to drive by and see, by the way. <laughs> see if you are for real. See if you do exist. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, the younger generation today, the millennial or whatever, they're satisfied with that being out there in the internet and doing business. And believe me, I do a ton more of that stuff than I ever thought. I love being able to do all my shopping on the computer and not even having to walk into a store. But like a good woman that I am, I love going to a store every once in a while and actually looking at the merchandise. Sure. So again, we go back to the same thing. Somebody wants to see that there's an office. And then there's the other side of it. If you have a business like you're a real estate broker or you're a mortgage banker, you may need to have people come to you to sign documents. You don't need a full-time office, but you would like to have a virtual office. So you can rent it by the hour. Walk in, put your computer on, meet a couple of people. Kind of like what we're doing here today. We're actually recording in one of the offices. And uh, we're sitting here in front of each other conducting business. So by the same token, you can do the same thing with us. And it's by the hour. And it's a sliding scale. So those are a couple of the reasons we started that business. And as you've developed this business, what's worked and what hasn't? Like any business, having preconceived ideas about what is going to be the thing that really sells. How so? Well, there are a lot of people that don't really buy into a short-term lease, so they end up with a longer lease than they want. Hmm. I think that's probably the number one. You end up maybe letting people out of leases sooner. I don't ever litigate. I don't believe in it. You let them go. You miss them. You lose that relationship, maybe. That's probably the only thing. I don't think that we've had other problems. In fact... Much to my pleasure, I was talking about this the other day, I've never had a client not pay us, a client take advantage of keeping an office when they couldn't. Now, in the past, I had rental properties, and my partners had rental properties. And the one thing I can tell you is in this day and age, you might not see that rent. You might not see it for a couple of months. You may have to evict somebody. On the commercial side, that just doesn't happen. People seem to have a good sense of what business means. Mm. As you were starting this new venture and this new business, you chose to base your experience off of the rental market and you took a look at going into this. There seems to be a boom right now for temporary office space. There's several that have popped up. There's more that are growing and there's several that have been in the newspaper. What makes this facility, your office solution, different from everybody else? At this point in time, which we may not be able to claim this in the future, and let's just step back for one second and tell you that 
we were probably just about the first one, maybe the second one in this community. It was birthed as out of necessity. Mm. Essentially, I needed an office. The space that I wanted was much bigger than I needed. And we were able to make five offices and rent those out. The child was born, your office solution. And from there, it makes more and more sense because you see it on the, on the market. I did a lot of research about the time I was doing this, and it was happening in big cities. And so you see there are companies like Bitwise and those companies that are coming into the area. Regents is one that's been there for a while. So the reason I feel that we're different is that we are so much a part of the community as individuals. We live here. We've raised our families here. We have an office within our own offices. Mm -hmm. And we don't just have employees, we have partners. Mm. There's a little bit of a difference, I think. Number one thing, I don't have employees in any of my jobs, my businesses at this point. Mm -hmm. I have partners, people that I believe that are invested. And because of their investment, these clients that come in and rent from us are partners as well. Mm. That's the way we look at it. You've done a lot, and one of the things that comes up more than once is how do you deal with success? Because everybody, first of all, defines the success differently. But you had a stoppage as you were in your career for 10 years for family reasons. What has changed in those intervening 10 years that's so much different now than it was? I would have to say the number one thing is the way you market yourself. Really? How so? Well... I heard this in an earlier broadcast, one of your earlier broadcasts, because yes, I have listened to your small business <laughs> celebration, Thank and I, I very much admire it. And that was that business was handled with a handshake, mm. a look in the eye and a handshake. Sometimes there were never, there were not even contracts. And in today's world, it's not that way. Mm. So that's number one. Number two, the way we have to have a presence and knowledge of Facebook, LinkedIn, whichever other ones are. You have to have an internet presence. You've got to hashtag. You've got to, you know, send evites and all the above. All wonderful toys. I think they're great, but it's a completely different feeling. Mm. Um, well, as much as I'd like to say that I could probably pull it off, but I like face-to-face -face more than anything else. Mm. I like seeing a person's eyes. I like to see the body language. I believe that that's when I know whether somebody's really listening or not. And so I miss that part. Although I've learned and do well at it, I've got many clients I've never seen face-to-face, -face, in the commercial market especially. Mm -hmm. General liability policies, property coverage, stuff like that, where there are people that have rental properties in the community, commercial buildings. In fact, the building we're in is insured by us. And I've never met some of these people. We do it over the phone or we do it by email communication. It works just fine. But does that help the long-term relationship? Does that, or does that still face-to-face? -face? It doesn't. I don't believe that those clients, this is what I think they are. I think that the second that something else comes along, they may go a different way. Mm. I think you could lose that business just about as fast as you got it if you do not now invest yourself in it. Hmm. For example, I had a opportunity to do a brewing company over in Paso, mm -hmm. and I was introduced to a friend. They contacted me. I contacted them. I said, yes, I can quote this. I need to fill out some forms. We need to find out some information about you. But I immediately said, let me drive over. I paid for a hotel room. I went in the night before. I went and saw where it was at, so I knew where I was going. And the next morning, I got there, and we sat down, and I asked them to show me their business how the process works. This has always worked for me. From the very first sale I've ever done, which was, get this, tires, truck tires, uh -huh. earth moving tires, recaps, 
for Halliburton, for companies like that. Right. I really wanted to know the process, but that's interesting to me. But number one and number two, people like to talk about themselves. So as a result, you're listening to them first, again, investing in them first. But I went over there, saw their business, saw what I thought they needed. We talked about what their comfort level would be on pricing and and what they thought they needed to have coverage-wise. And I came back and quoted it, and I got the business. Keep in touch with them for the grand opening, go over and make sure that I visit every once in a while. To me, that's how you keep the business. That's Mm -hmm. how you keep it on the books. Visioneers, how would you like free exposure for you and your company to go through the roof? Like, comment, and share at least 10 small business celebration posts this month on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Visioner Heidi Forsyth of Bakersfield College did just that on a recent post of ours with John Paul Lake. Heidi asked John Paul an insightful question on our post of him. He answered, and the number of views on that post went through the roof. Now, even more people know about Heidi because of her one intelligent question. Be a visioneer like Heidi. Like, comment, and share a small business celebration post on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook today. We're here with Catherine Hall, the owner of Catherine Hall Agency. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is what does quality time look like? Well, number one, I have a family. And I think I alluded to earlier that I have five children and I spent my earlier years chasing the carrot, if you want to call it, or the golden coin. And for me now, I enjoy spending time with the family, whether it be down to Pasadena or up to the Bay Area or here in town. I like spending time with the grandkids and seeing and being involved with the things they're doing. And how has owning a successful business afforded you the ability to do that? As I said, the last six months have been unusual, but (laughs) as a typical, one of the reasons I love what I do and why I didn't go back to stockbroking is that I have a flexible schedule. I schedule my day. I schedule my life. If I put down that I'm going to spend this weekend up this way, or I'm going to go that way, then I do it. The other thing that for quality for me is giving back to the community. And I think I had said to you at some point, I coached high school tennis for almost eight years. Mm -hmm. After my last one went off to school in 2007, I did that until about 2000. Oh, I think it was probably about 18, somewhere in that time frame, 17. And I still continue to help with some of the tournaments. And I enjoy that. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, I love playing tennis. And the one thing I love about tennis is I can go play for an hour and take a shower and be back to work. And if there's somebody you really don't like, you can, you can imagine their face on the ball and smash it. That I've done that many times, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so, that, that acer comes from that person. Yes, take out my anger, for sure. And I'm very competitive, so that's hard. It teaches you to be humble at times. So, But part of this development that you have, this growth has come from personal development and constantly willing to develop yourself. What have you done? Because you had mentioned earlier before our interview that you went through Dale Carnegie and that you've gone through several other, you listened to the Ramsey system. But why is personal development so crucial for the long-term success of your business? Yes, have done many courses and continue to. Hmm. And even listening to your celebration podcasts. I can hear 90% of those things and have already heard them, applied them, and used them. Mm. 
it's that 10% or that one tidbit that is one more piece that helps me be successful. I went to and promoted seminars back in the 80s. I had, does anybody remember cassette tapes? <laughs> I had the books that you'd open up and there'd be 10 cassette tapes of Zig Ziglar and mm. Tom Rowe and a def, mm -hmm. uh, many people. Right. And I attended as many of those seminars as I could, went down to LA or wherever I needed to go. Franklin Planner, I don't know if mm -hmm. you know Stephen mm -hmm. Covey, mm -hmm. saw him in person when he was just developing the Franklin Planner. And let me tell you what, that was a hard thing to give up. <laughs> the in-writing in diary that right? I carried around everywhere. But anyway, that was where I spent a lot of time. But it doesn't change. I see the new book that comes out on how to grow your business or how to do better in sales or how is interest working for you or against. I just got a great new book on how does money work. Mm. Don't be a sucker. So easy reading, by the way. A great book. Understand Who money. Wrote that? Gosh, I wish I could tell you off the top of my head, but it is a very small, I think it was a private enterprise. I don't know that you can get it on Amazon, but if someone wants to call me and ask me by the time you call me, I'll have the answer. <laughs> okay. But I read it. It's everything that I've learned over the years, but it's very concise, very simple. And I think that every time I pick up something like that, it just gives me one more, I call it the what is it, a quiver with the, mm -hmm. with the arrows? Mm -hmm. One more arrow in my quiver. One more thing that I can bring up to the forefront. Keeping in touch with who's that public speaker, what book's out now, mm -hmm. and what people are looking at. It's a game changer when you're meeting people. Remember we talked about how do you initiate that? When you can talk about something that you have in common with another person, you got to stay up with it. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the ways that you can. Not every day is wine and roses, when you own your own business. What keeps you motivated every morning to get up, especially on those days where it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders? And what motivates you to get up every morning and go out and fight the fight? I'll say two things. I grew up in a home where my father didn't read and write English, and he only knew one thing, that was work hard. And from the time I can remember, I don't care if it was Saturday morning or Sunday morning, it was 5.30 or 6 in the morning, he knocked on our doors, come on, we got stuff to do. Working hard was always part of it. I didn't give myself an excuse and I won't now. But I think the other part, the most important part, super competitive and I want to win. I don't always win and failure is part of the program. I fail on a regular basis and you're right. It's not wine, but whining. Mm. right? I'm just like the next guy. I'll whine about something that just doesn't go my way, but I still want to be a winner. And I'm motivated by the same way that I am by working out and continuing to take care of myself personally or playing tennis and having a competitive match. I think that just gets me going. And also in, in addition to that, who do I get to meet today? Uh. Like you and I, a week ago, Thursday, we talk on the phone and I think you could be my best new friend. <laughs> but as you've gone through and had multiple businesses and you've had a major amount of success, not all of this was perfect. And something has happened along the way that you learned from that changes the way or provides road markers for you on the way you make decisions every day. What was that event that happened that changed the way of your thinking and the way you do business? I guess that there can't be just one. There's been several for me. I've been in business enough times. I've had partners and I've done it solely. And 
Partnerships can be very difficult. I've been in a couple of them, and there's always a struggle. It's like a marriage. And I walked away from a few of those, left what I had worked so hard for to move on to the next project and not have a bitter fight. I've done it solely by myself, and that's kind of lonely. You want somebody else to have your vision with you. Sometimes you don't want to just always be the boss. I know it's hard for people around me to know and understand, but you don't want to. You want to hand it off, so to speak. I come back to, again, building another organization that requires having partners. Mm -hmm. And when I, again, we go back to the same thing, financial partners and or business partners, whether we think the same and have the same minds and are people doing the same thing and each of them have their own vested in what they're doing and how they're coming to the table. Consortiums, if you want to call them, or co-op kind of relationships, those kinds of partnerships. That's probably the biggest thing. I used to think I had to do it all. I used to think that if I was going to make sales, it was me and me only. And it's a hard one to let go of. And I'm still struggling. Every day is learning. But I realize that the only way to really build a very strong and successful business, whether it be in the Catherine Hall agency with the products we have and the partners I have there, or whether it's in your office solution, is going to be with sharing that partnership and listening to the input that they have. I'm very quick to say this is the way I want to do it. I'm very slow at getting to the place where, you know what, your idea is better. I had a great experience with that yesterday. I may experience a few more times. Humility is actually the best educator. And I think I've eaten a lot of humble pie. What is one thing that Vision Your Nation could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? Make more shows. <laughs> One a week isn't enough. <laughs> now, what about Vision Your Nation? What could they do to grow a strong and profitable business? That is a very good question. Well, yeah, I think, and probably that is the number one thing. I believe that put your money where your business is. So mm. get behind the product. Mm. In other words, for me to advertise and to support what you're trying to do puts me on the same. Become a partner. Like I was talking about earlier, that's where I think your business and my business and anybody that's a partaker in this would benefit is to actually commit to an ongoing support of what you're doing. Because I know one thing from what I've listened to and seen the people that you have, the more of that, the more successful, the more people are listening to and you're helping more people in business. So I would say support the program. A rising tide floats all ships. Amen. Catherine, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being on the Small Business Celebration Podcast and sharing your wit and your wisdom with us. And we look forward to seeing more and more of you in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Boy, that takes you back, doesn't it? With COVID-19 running amok, our businesses are dependent upon the internet now more than ever. And I'll bet you just found all the computer technical glitches you never knew you had. Good news for you. Kern County's number one rated computer repair service, Bakersfield Bytes, is here and online to take care of your Mac and PC needs. 
Need help configuring your video conference calls from being so glitchy? Having issues interfacing with your customers, clients, and employees online? Bakersfield Byte's competent and knowledgeable staff is here to guide you through your hardware and software needs so you can have the interface your business deserves. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 or visit them at bakersfieldbytes.com. That's bakersfieldbytes.com, 661-496-5900 or visit them at bakersfieldbytes.com. That's bakersfieldbytes.com. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer Tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business. If I put down that I'm going to spend this weekend up this way or I'm going to go that way, then I do it. The other thing that for quality for me is giving back to the community. And I think I had said to you at some point, I coached high school tennis for almost eight years. Mm-hmm. After my last one went off to school in 2007, I did that until about 2000. Oh, I think it was probably about 18, somewhere in that time frame, 17. And I still continue to help with some of the tournaments. And I enjoy that. 
Mm-hmm. In addition to that, I love playing tennis. And the one thing I love about tennis is I can go play for an hour and take a shower and be back to work. So, And if there's somebody you really don't like, you can, you can imagine their face on the ball and smash it. That I've done that many times, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so, that, that ace serve comes from that person. Yes, take out my anger, for sure. And I'm very competitive, so that's hard. It teaches you to be humble at times. So, But part of this development that you have, this growth has come from personal development and constantly willing to develop yourself. And what have you done? Because you had mentioned earlier before our interview that you went through Dale Carnegie and that you've gone through several other, you listened to the Ramsey system. But why is personal development so crucial for the long-term success of your business? Yes, have done many courses and continue to. Hmm. And then even listening to your celebration podcasts. I can hear 90% of those things and have already heard them, applied them, and used them. Mm. It's that 10% or that one tidbit that is one more piece that helps me be successful. I went to and promoted seminars back in the 80s. I had, does anybody remember cassette tapes? (laughs) I had the books that you'd open up and there'd be 10 cassette tapes of Zig Ziglar and Mm. Tom Rowe and uh, Mm -hmm. many people. And I attended as many of those seminars as I could, went down to LA or wherever I needed to go. Franklin Planner, I don't know if Mm -hmm. you know Stephen Mm -hmm. Covey, Mm -hmm. saw him in person when he was just developing the Franklin Planner. And let me tell you what, that was a hard thing to give up. <laughs> the in, in writing diary that right? I carried around everywhere. But anyway, that was where I spent a lot of time. But it doesn't change. I see the new book that comes out on how to grow your business or how to do better in sales or how is interest working for you or against. I just got a great new book on how does money work. Mm. Don't be a sucker. So easy reading, by the way. A great book. Understand Who money. Wrote that? Gosh, I wish I could tell you off the top of my head, but it is a very small, I think it was a private enterprise. I don't know that you can get it on Amazon, but if someone wants to call me and ask me by the time you call me, I'll have the answer. <laughs> okay. But I read it. It's everything that I've learned over the years, but it's very concise, very simple. And I think that every time I pick up something like that, it just gives me one more, I call it the what is it? Quiver with the, mm-hmm. with the arrows. Mm-hmm. One more arrow in my quiver. One more thing that I can bring up to the forefront. Keeping in touch with who's that public speaker, what books out now, mm-hmm. and what people are looking at. It's a game changer when you're meeting people. Remember we talked about how do you initiate that? When you can talk about something that you have in common with another person, you got to stay up with it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways that you can. Not every day is wine and roses. When you own your own business, what keeps you motivated every morning to get up, especially on those days where it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and what motivates you to get up every morning and go out and fight the fight? I'll say two things. I grew up in a home where my father didn't read and write English and he only knew one thing that was work hard. And from the time I can remember, I don't care if it was Saturday morning or Sunday morning, it was 5.30 or 6 in the morning, he knocked on our doors, come on, we got stuff to do. So working hard was always part of it. I didn't give myself an excuse and I won't now. But I think the other part, the most important part, super competitive and I want to win. I don't always win and failure is part of the program. I fail on a regular basis and you're right. It's not wine, but whining. 
Mm. Right? I'm just like the next guy. I'll whine about something that just doesn't go my way. But I still want to be a winner. And I'm motivated by the same way that I am by working out and continuing to take care of myself personally or playing tennis and having a competitive match. I think that just gets me going. And also, in addition to that, who do I get to meet today? Uh, like you and I. A week ago, Thursday, we talk on the phone, and I think you could be my best new friend. <laughs> but as you've gone through and had multiple businesses, and you've had a major amount of success, not all of this was perfect. And something has happened along the way that you learn from that changes the way or provides road markers for you on the way you make decisions every day. What was that event that happened that changed the way of your thinking and the way you do business? I guess that there can't be just one. There's been several for me. I've been in business enough times. I've had partners and I've done it solely. And partnerships can be very difficult. I've been in a couple of them and there's always a struggle. It's like a marriage. And I walked away from a few of those, left what I had worked so hard for to move on to the next project and not have a bitter fight. I've done it solely by myself. And that's kind of lonely. You want somebody else to have your vision with you. Sometimes you don't want to just always be the boss. I know it's hard for people around me to know and understand, but you don't want to. You want to hand it off, so to speak. So I come back to, again, building another organization that in, requires having partners. Mm -hmm. And when I, again, we go back to the same thing, financial partners and or business partners, whether we think the same and have the same minds and are people doing the same thing and each of them have their own vested in what they're doing and how they're coming to the table. Consortiums, if you want to call them, or co-op kind of relationships, those kinds of partnerships. And so that's probably the biggest thing. I used to think I had to do it all. I used to think that if I was going to make sales, it was me and me only. And it's a hard one to let go of. And I'm still struggling. Every day is learning. But I realize that the only way to really build a very strong and successful business, whether it be in the Catherine Hall agency with the products we have and the partners I have there, or whether it's in your office solution, is going to be with sharing that partnership and listening to the input that they have. I'm very quick to say, this is the way I want to do it. I'm very slow at getting into the place where, you know what, your idea is better. I had a great experience with that yesterday. I may experience a few more times. Humility is actually the best educator. And I think I've eaten a lot of humble pie. What is one thing that Vision Your Nation could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? Make more shows. <laughs> <laughs> One a week isn't enough. <laughs> but That's, for, I mean, from the community point of view, uh -huh. I think it'll happen with time. But I do believe that have a higher presence in the community. Start going out there and do more networking or be involved, I guess, that way. I hadn't met you before now. Mm -hmm. And when I asked a few people, they didn't know who you were. So it really took me going and investigating and listening to your celebrations, your small business celebration podcast. So I think maybe... I think you're on the right track overall, but I think you personally, out in this community, possibly networking. Mm. And what about Vision Your Nation? What could they do to grow a strong and profitable business? Well, I think one of the things that you possibly could do would be to have a website that would either have 
launching to some support information, publications, newsletter. I don't know if you're doing that at this point. Remember. We're- 